10 types of influencer marketing. According to one new survey, 86% of marketers reported using some kind of influencer marketing. 39% said they would increase their budgets for influencer marketing in the coming years. Right now, influencer marketing appears to be underpriced. There will likely be underpriced opportunities in this space for several years. And maybe some will be overpriced, but it does seem to be a good opportunity. Influencer marketing is not new. It comes in many forms. I'm a fan of golf, and in the 1960s, golfers really started taking advantage of their influence by parlaying their exposure into lucrative business deals. The stars of that period set the standard of attempting to make 10x their on-course earnings off the course. In other words, a pro back then might make 100000 on the course, but they would make $1 million off the course using their influence. But it all depends on value. NASCAR is another area where influencer marketing has been very important. Arguably the most successful driver of all time, Jimmy Johnson, is still at the top of his game, but his sponsor for the last 18 years recently backed out. Influencer marketing is now about more than just sponsorships. It's about more than finding the most popular person and paying them to use your stuff. Here are a few different types of influencers. Hopefully you can find the opportunity that is right for your company. The big fish, and this is just an expression. Don't mean to insult any influencers out there by calling them fish, but it's a timeless phrase. Big fish are those that are big in big industries. They can also be big fish in smaller industries. In either case, companies that approach these big fish to work together in some way will have to pay a top dollar. If you want to work with uh, Taylor Swift or Katy Perry, you're going to have to pay the very top dollar. In another area, if you want the big fish on, say, Anchor, you'll have to pay a top dollar relative to Anchor's big fish. So there are a few different strategies here, but basically you're going to be big. Going after the person with the most exposure in whatever area that they're big in. I remember when Tiger Woods got a $40 million deal back in 1996. People thought Nike was crazy for paying him this much. They soon realized that they were actually underpaying, so they upped it to $100 million just a few years later. Tiger was a big fish, but there was still incredible value even after paying top dollar. Next up is the smaller fish. These would be the rest of the pack in whatever the industry is, the second or third tier type influencers. They're still big. They'll still stand out more than anyone else at times, and they'll consistently be in the mix for attention. You won't have to pay as much, but you also won't likely get as much exposure unless something crazy happens, and that's not really ever a sure thing. Next could be the emerging fish. Another one that's interesting is this emerging influencer, maybe someone that has the potential to be big, but isn't quite there just yet, and people are still kind of sitting on the sidelines waiting to see what happens. Tiger Woods was never really an emerging fish. Nike knew what they were getting. But sometimes there are emerging stars, those that should be all-world at what they do, but that for whatever reason they just haven't gotten there yet. If you can identify an influencer some channel, on some channel or in your industry can really pay off to jump on board, especially if you can work out some kind of deal that is performance-based. Number four, idols. We'll step away from the fish analogy for another, other types of influencers. Some will fall into the above categories, but we'll kind of take a different angle with these. Idols are those that are put up almost godlike appearance. Rock stars used to be idols, pop stars still are, 
Athletes are often seen as idols. Even some political figures and business people are seen as idols. Steve Jobs probably fits this category. They have influence, sometimes incredible influence. It again all depends on the value. Are they undervalued or overvalued? For Lowe's, Jimmy Johnson must have been overvalued. But perhaps for a new brand, he will be very undervalued. Next up is trusted sources. And these could be journalists, authors, etc. These are influencers that people view as respected and trusted. It could even be a blogger or online reviewer. I would argue that we really do trust online reviewers. The more detailed they are, the more we often trust their opinions. This could be an area of opportunity for businesses, especially with the emergence of bloggers and podcasters. And also vloggers seem to have almost idle status in some cases. But podcasting and blogging still have some incredible value. I think we're seeing a big uptick in brands connecting with podcasts, and that's a form of influencer marketing. Number six is mentors. These are people that you don't necessarily idolize, but that you look to for guidance. Could be a boss, could be a family member, especially a parent or someone in a similar role. Even a neighbor, but definitely someone in a role where you follow their lead. For businesses, these mentors can be very influential over their teams, suggesting software, tools, books, and more. All kinds of things that their teams will do without question. Number seven is competitors. When I worked in the corporate world, there was almost somewhat of an obsession over what the competition was doing. It was an established business that I worked at. They knew who they were, but they paid close attention to what the competition was doing. If we found out that the main competitor was doing something, including going with a certain vendor, we paid close attention and even adjusted dollars accordingly. Sometimes if a business gets one company in an industry, they can get all the other similar companies because those companies are influenced so much by wanting to keep pace. Number eight is friends and family. Similar to a mentor type thing here, but I thought it was worth putting it on its own. Think of the last time you wanted to eat at a new restaurant. Where did you go for information? Did you ask someone? You have to pay attention to those alpha dogs and packs out there. The moms that have sway in their families and friends groups. Shoot them a free meal or two and they might just send you tons of new business. Number nine, trolls. We all hate them. We don't want them to influence us but they do. I'm not claiming that I know how to use this for business purposes, but I'm sure there is a way because they hold so much attention of the online world. Finally, number 10 is brands. And this one's just kind of a catch-all. Obviously, they, this could fit with other categories here, but it's worth putting on its own. It's not just in influencers, but brands have influence as well, sometimes even more than individuals do. Influencer marketing has been around for decades. There are always highs and lows, and we appear to be in a time where influencer marketing is exploding, perhaps due to social media and other channels like podcasting. It's an opportune time because more influencers can sprout up, and they may be underpriced, giving businesses an opportunity to take advantage.